0: Shalom, friends. We are entering into the incredible and holy month of Elul. I believe it's essential not to take our awareness of the month of Elul. That there is one day, one designated day and time which serves as the new year, as the Yom Hadin, as the day of judgment is incredible. Thank God we are not thrust into intense embattled court cases or arguments or negotiations without having an opportunity to do some amount of preparation and advance. It would be so jarring and so terrifying if you woke up tomorrow morning and you were immediately thrust in front of a tribunal and expected to defend yourself or to convey information about decisions that you had made or to deal the ramifications of decisions that you had made, etc. It's a nightmare scenario and we don't have that. We know when Rosh Hashanah is. We know that it's on the first of Tishrei because that is what the Torah tells us. And knowing that, and then knowing that we have a month in advance of Rosh Hashanah during which we are invited, empowered, supported, scaffolded to get our wits about us, to get our lives in order, to do the work in advance so that when we show up on the day of Rosh Hashanah, we are already open. We already have those files open in our minds and hearts. We know where we have been. We know ostensibly what we have done. We know what we owe. We know the gems and the incredible good deeds and mitzvot and holy and positive actions that we have done, and we can enter into that day of judgment not flat-footed. That said, teshuva is hard. It's not a simple process. It requires courage and humility and Perhaps some amount of distance that allows us to look upon ourselves and our actions, our behaviors, our patterns, our debts, our grudges, etc. And to look at them from a more objective point of view. And that, of course, is not simple because we're attached to our views on those things and we are bought in and we have shame and we have anger and frustration and blame, etc. So it's one level of courage that we need in order to look at the things that we've done and haven't done the ways that we've interacted and comported ourselves in the world and to look at that and to make good on that. And it's a whole nother level to look at the assumptions and the beliefs and the illusions that underlie some of those actions and non-actions. It's hard to know because we are in it. As the Talmud says, it's impossible for a person to free themselves from their own prison. We are inside those beliefs and biases and prejudices, etc. To borrow an example from a world which is adjacent to the world of teshuva, which is the world of self-help and the world of motivation, and I'll explain in a moment why I think it's important to name this world as adjacent to the world of teshuva, but not identical with the world of teshuva. From a place of self-help and motivation, a person might have figured out or decided that there's a particular action that they want to take and they should take and they haven't taken. And a person might say, you know, I really should go to the gym three times a week. And they don't, and they don't go to the gym. And so their teshuva process might involve some amount of berating themselves or taking themselves to task or over or recommitting themselves to going to the gym and to accomplish that goal. But what are the beliefs that are in place that make you think that you should be going to the gym in the first place? They might be accurate. You might be unhealthy and you need to get healthy. You might need the confidence. You might need to exercise your body in certain ways and going to the gym might be exactly what the doctor ordered and what the soul needs. But it could be that it's based upon some kind of assumption of self-worth based upon how my body looks and that information that that might be based upon a belief that's not necessarily a belief that I should have, or that's benefiting me. It's hard to get to that. That's the kind of reflection that often and only happens in a deeper space in therapy, in a conversation with a good friend, in meditation, in prayer, in writing. But short of that, we might find ourselves unaware and therefore spinning our wheels and going around in circles trying to accomplish a goal based upon a belief that is not serving us. So these two levels of teshuvah both need to be addressed in some way during the month of Elul. We need to indeed get our behaviors in order and get ourselves and our actions in line with our beliefs, but we also need a way to interrogate and to examine our beliefs to make sure that those are beliefs that we should have. As I mentioned before, I think the conflation and identification of teshuva with self-help is dangerous. And the reason I think it's dangerous is because it can reinforce one of the great illusions of teshuva, which is that teshuva is really just about me and me getting my life together and me actualizing and me manifesting and me being more authentic. And depending upon which book you're reading in the self-help section, me uh, being a badass or me not giving a oof, whatever that word is, I can never figure it out because it's got the asterisk as the second letter and I can never tell when they say the subtle art of not giving a, I can't really tell what that is. Um, But there's, uh, you know, how to win friends and influence people, all of these things, which may be really important in terms of building my confidence, don't necessarily acknowledge the lion's share of what teshuva really involves, which is really the relationships that I have with other people. The teshuva that I need to do may well be a direct result of the fact that I wronged someone monetarily, or I didn't come clean, or I lied, or I didn't provide feedback in the right way, didn't apologize properly, damaged your stuff, borrowed your thing and returned it in less than optimal condition and blamed it on something else. There's so many places in which teshuva really is about relationship and not about me. And we can get caught in thinking that Teshuva somehow is just about being more authentic or getting in line with ourselves. I want to deeply, deeply and assertively challenge that assumption because I think it's dangerous, and I think it wastes what amounts to an incredible opportunity and I think a real urgency that people feel to do Teshuvah to get right, but people are looking in the wrong realm in order to figure out what it is that they have to get right. Granted, at the end of the Chuba process, about three hours before Yom Kippur, suddenly your phone is ringing off the hook because everyone wants to say, hey, I forgive you, do you forgive me? Hey, I forgive you, do you forgive me? Which I think is uh, mistaken. I think it's something that should be happening now. And I think it shouldn't be happening in that kind of uh, transactional, somewhat skimpy uh, surface way. I think it should be happening in a deep way. I think it makes the most sense to actually call someone up now. At the beginning of the month of Elul and say, hey, friend, um, I just want to get together for an hour or talk for an hour and just make sure that we're good and talk through all the things that we might need to be able to talk through. And not just friends. As people point out, the irony is that you call the person who's your BFF. You call your best friend in the world and you say, hey, I forgive you. Do you forgive me? And they say, sure. And you're like, wow, thank God. Like my best friend forgave me. Well, of course they forgive you. They're your best friend. The real conversation that has to happen is with the person who you pissed off, the person who you wronged, the business partner before the business broke up, the lover that, you, uh, that, that didn't work out that you left on bad terms with. Um, the person who you ghosted, the person who you didn't call back. Whatever it is, those are the places where the real work needs to be done. So again, this is the kind of work that we need to do chuva, and it's also the kind of work that exposes the deep, deep beliefs that we have and the deep fears that we have and the deep shames that we have as well. Those kinds of things are are going to be exposed during the month of Elul, hopefully, if we just pay attention and look around. We can see all kinds of clues and all kinds of indications about where the work is and where the work needs to be done. And I believe what we'll find if we remain open and remain open to the feedback that God is sending us through the universe, we will find that we are involved in all manner of relationships and webs and networks and we affect each other deeply and we are affected by each other very deeply, and therefore the tshuva that needs to be done is a tshuva that brings those relationships back to, into alignment and not just myself back into alignment. So of course, we'll be doing work during the month of Elul and noticing our relationships to food and our relationships to body, but we also need to notice our relationships to money and how money is spent and how money affects our relationships. We need to notice our relationship to speech and how we use and don't use words to positive and negative effect. How we listen to each other, how we judge each other, how we respond to feedback, even how we look at each other. There's just so many ways we are social beings through and through to the end. And our work during Elul, as tempting as it is to want to vanish, to want to go on a 30 day retreat Come back, maybe after Rosh Hashanah, maybe after Yom Kippur, and to imagine that we can do work properly during that time, I think is an illusion. Despite that urge, I think we need to courageously face our relationships and the way we participate in them and to use this opportunity to set things aright so that those relationships can become not just places where we screw up, but they can actually become places that really genuinely nourish us and bring out the best in us and provide us with opportunities to participate in the world in the best and most positive and nourishing and generative way and to also receive the love and generosity and warmth and proper behavior and justice that we are allowed to receive from the communities and from the relationships and from the groups in which we participate. Thank you for listening and looking forward to continuing this conversation.